And so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, and this letter is written by Paul and his buddy Timothy. And they wrote a letter to a church that had a few issues and a few problems. And if you don't know who Paul is, um, Paul was initially this really anti-Jesus guy who threw people in prison and had them killed. But then he had this amazing conversion. And he totally changed his tune and he started following Jesus and he became a missionary. And he wrote a lot of the New Testament that we have today. Um, And Paul also went through a lot of hard times, and we're going to be reminded tonight about how we can go to God for comfort and strength in our hard times too. So Liz already prayed, but we can't have enough prayer, so join me again as I pray. Heavenly Father, you know that it is I who speak now, but it is you uh, who's speaking to us from your word. And so please give um, us open ears and open hearts, and please show us more of who you are. Um, Please help us to come to you in our struggles, um, in our hard times, and please overflow with comfort for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I want you to put your hands up if you have been or are currently or in the past had a hard time in your life at all. Okay, so that's most of us, right? Now, our society, I think, seems to say that hard times are either A, your own fault, B, someone else's fault, or C, pretty random. And I don't know about you, but when I think about those reasons, it seems pretty pointless, pretty hopeless. But God's answer is very different. Hard times are a part of his plan for us. Jesus himself went through incredible hard times when he was here on earth. And so if you think or thought that being a Christian was going to be super easy and chill and relaxed all the the time, then I'm sorry, but you've got it wrong. Tonight we're going to see three ways God uses hard times for good. We're going to see that he is someone that we can trust because he doesn't waste our pain. But I'm going to preface this by saying that we may not see that reason this side of heaven. We might not see exactly why we suffered this or went through this. But the Bible is going to give us the reasons why we can trust him when those answers or questions are there. So our first reason, it's going to come up on the screen to help us remember, um, God uses our hard times so we can comfort others. So I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. I want you to look for the particular names that Paul gives God in there. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. We're just going to stop there. So Paul praises God, the Father of Jesus, which we could talk about that for ages, um, who is the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So what is compassion? Well, you guys know we have a compassion child, uh, part of the organization uh, where we sponsor um, someone who is in need. And compassion is wanting to help someone when they're hurting wanting to come to someone's aid. And we saw that two weeks ago in the story of the lost son, that when the lost son comes back to his father, his father has compassion on him and he reaches out to him. I don't know about you, but I often get a feeling of compassion when I walk through the streets of the city and I see many homeless people along the sides of the road. That's when I feel compassion. So compassion is that feeling that you want to help someone. You have sympathy for them, that you care. And our passage tonight says that God is the father of compassion. And to Jewish people, this had an even deeper meaning. So to be the father of something is to be the source or origin or creator of something. So just like Steve Jobs 
was the father of the company Apple, or Mark Zuckerberg was the father of Facebook, they were and are the creators and originators of these companies. And so God is the father of compassion, which means that he is the creator and origin and source of all compassion. He's those things because he is a good, loving, and kind God. And we as humans feel compassion because we are made in his image and we mirror him. So we have a father who is compassionate and that leads him to comforting his children. And so what is comfort? Well, you guys probably know that word. Um, Comfort or encouragement means to call to one side to help, to strengthen, to give hope. And so God is the ultimate source of all comfort. And the Psalms, they kind of paint a visual picture for us about God's compassion and his gentleness. And they say, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. You see, God treats us compassionately, like a good father with their child. When a child is hurt or suffering, that father cares for that child. When they make mistakes, the father holds them accountable because that father knows that we are like dust. We are fragile and we make mistakes. And did you see in the verse that it says God comforts us in our troubles? He doesn't comfort us after. He doesn't wait till the hard times are gone. He is with us in the troubles. So as we continue in verse 4, And we get to that first way that God uses our sufferings. So praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. God uses our hard times and the support and comfort he gives us so we can share that with others. If you ask any older or wiser Christian who's been through a hard time, they'll tell you it wasn't until they had that really dark night of the soul, until they lost the child, until they had the difficult time, that they were fully able to understand others who went through the same thing. And then in verse 5, it starts with the word for. And when you read your Bibles, you always want to look out for the word like for or because, because that tells you the reason or the argument that's in there. So verse 5 says, For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. What Paul is saying here is that just like Christ suffered, we will also suffer. But also through Christ and his work on the cross, bringing us back to the Father, we can now be comforted. And did you notice the word in there? He said our comfort in hard times abounds. It overflows. It never ends because of Christ. It's like an infinite popcorn machine that just keeps bubbling over and over and over. Our comfort from God in hard times never stops. And then Paul goes on, he reminds the Corinthians that whatever affects them affects Paul and whatever affects Paul affects the Corinthians because they are all connected through Jesus. So we see from Paul's example that sometimes 
God uses our hard times so that we can encourage others who go through those same things. And we can go through these hard times because it tells us in verse 7 that our hope, that the hope for the Corinthians and that our hope is firm. It's not weak, it's not uncertain, it's rock solid, it's firm. So my first question for you guys tonight that I want you to think about is, is God your comfort? Where do you go in your troubles? Who do you turn to? Is it food? Is it a girlfriend or boyfriend? Is it mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or playing the Xbox for, Xbox for hours? Is it going for a run? Is it cutting? Is it drugs and alcohol? And you see, all these things are temporary comforters. They don't comfort our souls. They don't last forever. Maybe a few minutes or maybe a bit longer. But for eternal comfort, we must look to God, our Father, because He is the one that comforts us in all our troubles. And so the second question that follows then is, how exactly are we comforted by God? Now, there are a whole range of different biblical answers to that question, and tonight we're going to focus on two. The first way that we are comforted by God is by the Holy Spirit. In John 16, Jesus is talking, and he says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever. Now, that word helper is also translated advocate or counsellor, And I don't know about you, but when do you go and normally see a counsellor? I can tell you from experience. It's normally when you go through a hard time or a crisis, right? And what do you do when you go to that counsellor? You might go and get encouragement, support, someone to talk to, someone to encourage you and give you hope, right? And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. Except there's one bonus about the Holy Spirit. He's with us 24-7. The Holy Spirit lives in each of us who trust God. He's there in the good good times and the hard ones, alongside us, and he's reminding us about who God is. He's pointing us to the things that God has promised and encouraging us and reminding us that that hope is firm. The second way that we're comforted by God is actually through other people. So Paul will go on in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 6. He'll say this, But God, who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. So sometimes God will use the other people in our lives to comfort us. Maybe it's a perfectly timed, thoughtful message from someone. Maybe it's just a hug, a random gift for no reason, organizing a time to hang out or doing something for them. God uses us to comfort others. So let me ask you, What suffering have you been through? What times have you gone through that you can use to comfort and encourage others? Is it a breakup? Is it a mental health condition? Is it family difficulties? Our suffering is never wasted. So let's be a community of people here at Restore who encourage and comfort each other and use the things God has taught us to encourage others in difficult times. What an incredible supportive community we would have if we did that, right? And we are all united and held close by the God who gives comfort. And so now we come to our second reason. The second way God uses our sufferings is to teach us to rely on him. 
So our passage doesn't tell us exactly what Paul is going through, um, but in some way his life was threatened. And it was so severe that Paul despaired life itself. But look what Paul is able to say from verse 8 and onwards. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1 again. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So even when he was threatened, even when Paul despaired life, he is able to say that God used that hard time to teach him to rely on God, not on himself. And then he adds four words on at the end. The God who raises the dead. Paul knows that he might die, or at least he feels like he might die in this situation. But he can be comforted because he knows that God will never leave him on this life or the next one. Because God raises the dead and is preparing a place for him in heaven. God is with him in this life and will be with him in the next. But you may say, you know, you're sitting here tonight, oh, it's easy for Paul to trust God. You know, he hasn't been through what I've been through. He hasn't suffered the things I've suffered. You know, he's just a missionary. He has a good family. He works in a church office all day. But no, actually, Paul is writing these words, having been through so much more than you and I will ever experience. Now, our passage doesn't say what this suffering was, but Paul will get, get this, will go on in 2 Corinthians to write these things that he goes through. He's been whipped on numerous occasions, beaten with rods, pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked, spent a night and day in the sea, been constantly on the move. He's been in danger from rivers and robbers, from the Jews and Gentiles, in danger in the city and the country, from false believers. He's gone without sleep, no food, no water. He's been cold and naked. So Paul has had some hard times. Is that fair to say? Yeah. The book of 1 Peter actually says that God uses our hard times to test how genuine our faith is. Because suddenly when everything's gone that we rely on, you find out what you really believe. Hard times and suffering, I would say, are one of the true tests of Christianity. What we have here at Restore is great. It's really phenomenal. It's a great community. But it's really easy to trust God here. Really easy. It's easy to follow him and believe that he is good and powerful and kind and loves you. It's much harder to trust him when your parents have split up and your life is falling apart. It's much harder to trust him when you struggle to get out of bed in the morning and you just don't want to go to school another day. It's much harder to trust God when you lose a family member or someone's sick or you just can't take life anymore. So when you go through these times, our hearts must be comforted by the truth of who God is. Because sometimes when we go through these times, that anxiety or stress or depression twists our thoughts about who God is. They make us question things. They make us confuse things about him. So we must come back to God as revealed through scripture, to the truth and promises there. And know that he is the father of compassion, that he is the God of all comfort, that he is with us, that he never leaves us. And so we can pray to him. We can pour out our hearts to him. We can cry to him and be guided by him. God tells us that our faith is like gold 
It is refined through fire. And when that actually happens, it leads to God's praise. And that leads us into the third way God uses our suffering, to glorify himself. Paul is going to show the Corinthians and us that God delivered him and his buddies from this horrible situation because of the prayers of the Corinthians so that people would give thanks to God. So look with me at verse 10. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks to God on our behalf for the gracious favour granted us in, in answer to the prayers of many. God allows Paul's hard time that caused him to despair life itself in order that many people would pray and when those prayers were answered, God would be glorified. This whole uh, scenario is confirmed all throughout the Bible. But the difficulty is we won't always see it this, heart, this side of heaven. Jesus himself said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So there are three ways. God uses our suffering to comfort others, to teach us to rely on him, and to glorify himself. Now, I'm not saying that they're the only reasons that we go through hard times, um, but they're the ones we've seen in the passage tonight. God overflows with comfort for us. He promises never to leave us. And so just finishing up, um, I'll tell you a story. When I was younger, um, I used to go up to my parents' pl- grandparents' place in Gosford. And I remember going to their house, and the first thing you went when you opened the door, there was this story in kind of the entryway. And it's this beautiful story which I'm about to read out. And I always remember it and I found it such a helpful reminder that God gives us comfort, that he comes alongside us in our difficulties. So it's called Footprints and I'll just close with this. One night I dreamed a dream. As I was walking along the beach with my Lord, across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, why when I needed you the most, you would leave me. He whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever during your trials and testings would I leave you. When you saw only one set of footprints, It was then that I carried you. Let's pray. God of all comfort, we just ask that you would, that we would come to you in our hard times. Sometimes we don't understand why we have to go through different things in this life, Lord. But please let us hold on to the promise that you are with us, that you will never let us go, you'll never let us down. And you'll carry us through these difficult times. You have overcome the world through your son, Jesus. 
And we have a strong hope, a firm hope that one day we will be with you in heaven. Please help us to have a good small group now and great discussions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.